0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Extra Point Show this week.
1: What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us.
0: Going to start this show off, you know, with a little bit of a... On, on a somber note, always uh, always rough when we have to start the uh, the episodes this way. Unfortunately, um, on, on Saturday, we lost uh, former Ohio State Buckeyes great and um, former Washington Redskin first-round first, uh, pick Dwayne Haskins in a tragic accident.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely some sad news. I mean, I know I may have been critical of him in the past in terms of his playing ability on the field, but those kinds of things really aren't worth mentioning when somebody dies randomly, especially something like this. Like, you know, the Adam Schefter comment that he put out, you know, whether or not the statement is accurate or not, it's really not the point. Like, you know, you don't need to say those kinds of things when something like this happens.
0: And and I have the tweet that that Schefter put up before, and then he went and he actually changed his tweet after the fact and took out the, uh, you know, the the performance-based part. But, yeah, um, actually, uh, you know, because this has been a topic on a lot of uh, Washington Fans' minds and you know just a lot of football fans' minds in general. Um, since this has happened just just on Saturday, so just a couple days ago, but um, I actually went back and, and watched the uh, the footage from his first ever win from 2019 against the Lions. Remember that game when they, when they beat the Lions 19 to 16? And he, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And then that's what that's like the moment where he got his phone and he was like taking the the selfies with the fans after the game. So it's pretty oh, cool yeah, to, like, yeah, get, to yeah. get to like relive that moment, like you know, probably his best like career moment ever. Um, you know, obviously a promising young career um, ended ended too short. Who knows what would have happened in Pittsburgh? Maybe he would have caught on. Uh, you know, obviously the Pittsburgh quarterback room was wide open now. With with yeah, ben and he he was still
1: so young. I mean, yeah, even if he had a bit
0: of a, a rocky 24. start in the NFL, you know, I know yeah. it's, we're not
1: trying to focus on that, but. You never know where he would have, you know, gone. It was more time to learn, and and you know, he went to another team. Could have like, he he been had great some success.
0: And that's what I was going to say. Some of the throws that he made in that game, like he he definitely showed that arm strength. I mean, in yeah, he has
1: a good arm. He definitely yeah. does.
0: Yeah, I mean, or, in, I'm sorry. In, I
1: guess he did. Oh man. Yeah, Ugh. yeah,
0: uh, yeah. And um, yeah. I mean, in, in this one season, he he was legendary at Ohio State. Fifty touchdowns to eight interceptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was just an un, an unreal season. And I mean. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah,
1: if you're, if you're going to mention him, I would say the that would be the thing to say like Ohio State Buckeye legend, you know, like
0: Buckeye legend. That yeah, that's absolutely. like the
1: biggest cuz yeah. Yeah. That's what I would go with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But thoughts and prayers go to, go out to his family and um, you know, obviously in a in a very rough time that they that they're going through.
1: I'm um, not sure if we mentioned what what the details were. Oh, the, no, I don't think we
0: did. Yeah.
1: He he was apparently walking down, I think he it said he ran out of gas or something in a rental vehicle and he was trying to cross the uh, the highway and um, a truck hit him. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. uh, I I know it was like around 7 a.m., like a little before 7, so it probably was a little bit dark out. So I would imagine that the visibility wasn't good. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, hopefully. Yeah, um, you know, obviously you hate to see something like that. And like I said, at just 24 years old, definitely. Definitely rough.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Now, in other news, um, you know it's kind of uh, change changing of the guard in, in Tampa. Uh, there was uh, kind of th- this shocked me honestly because Bruce Bruce Arians, you know, unexpected retirement. And what shocked me about this is obviously Bruce Arians is old as hell. That that's not shocking. I'm not shocked yeah. that he retired, but it's it's the timing of it. He didn't retire mm-hmm. right after the season. He he retires in, you know, like, April, early April. Um, and
1: after Tom Brady decides that he's going to come back. Yeah. So you, I would have thought before that happening, maybe he was like, all right, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm good. But yeah. Once once with Tom coming back, you would think, I don't know, at least got one more year in him, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, you, you, you would think. Now, I mean, the interesting... I, I've got this interesting theory now. I mean, I might just be <laughs> full of shit on this, but I'm thinking that basically... Behind closed doors, without Bruce Arians' knowledge, Tom Brady went to Buccaneers management and was like, "Listen, it's it's me or Bruce." And I don't, you, you remember we talked about it earlier, um, in one of the earlier shows where Tom, Bruce was out with some kind of treatment earlier in the season, and Tom and Bru- Tom and Byron <clears throat> left, which would be working on the uh, Byron, the off- offensive coordinator would be working on the weekly game plan, and Bruce Arians would come back in on Saturday and put the red pen through a lot of it. And just undermine a lot of the work that they'd done. So yeah. I've got this theory that Tom, without Bruce's knowledge, went <clears> to, <throat> to the Buccaneers' management, their GM and their owner, and was like, "Listen, it's it's me or him. You know, it's it's either going to be you know, I, I'm if you want me to come back, I want a new coach." And they got Todd Bowles. He's going to be the one taking over, who has previous head coaching experience. He, he was the coach of the Jets from 2015 to 2018 established a record of 24-40. in But Todd Bowles definitely seems like the kind of guy that's just going to stick to the defense and, and leave uh, mm-hmm. Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady i I think
1: you're probably completely right because Tom Brady is the type of quarterback and player that cannot be told what to do exactly. I mean, you're watching the right now. Yeah, exactly. And actually, they they said that at one point. He said, you know, if a coach goes into it with the mentality that he's going to just tell Tom Brady what to do and how to run things.
0: Yeah, good luck. That's never going to happen.
1: The team's not going to do well because that's not going to happen.
0: Tough titties, baby. So with the talk
1: about Bruce Arians and him having the issues that they had, I'm not, you're probably exactly right. Tom was probably like, hey, like I'm willing to stay, but like I need to be able to have control because Tom is almost like a coach in himself. Yeah, Tom. Tom Pestad, he is just a quarterback. Tom Puts
0: out a little tweet about B.A. He's like, oh, Bruce, it's nice working with you. You're, you're a great guy, and, you know, like he always does. You know, it's yeah, like of course. But, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's what happened. And, like, obviously, Bruce Arians is a good coach. But, I mean, it's like if you could have Tom Brady or Bruce Arians, I, I think that's a pretty easy, easy choice to make.
1: Yeah, you're going to go with Tom Brady. Because, like I said, you know, Tom Brady is almost like another coach in a sense. Like, yes, he's playing on the field, but – He's the conductor. He knows yeah. he's got his shit unlocked. You know, especially he's the with how long maestro he's been out in there.
0: The yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's just the theory that I have. I mean, <clears throat> I think that that's probably what happened. Bruce ended up getting kicked down to the front office. I don't know if you heard about that. So they didn't fire him completely. Like he, he's still got a role, but he's not going to oh, really? be. Yeah, yeah. So he's still I in, the, in the front office, but he's he's not the coach anymore. So. <laughs> And and that's the thing, Bruce Arians. I would I would think that this was a lot more likely if he h- hadn't gone into all the offseason shit. He's like, we're excited for next season. You know, like we're really looking for. Bruce seemed really gung ho for next season. He didn't seem like a guy that was you know about to hang it up. And he, and he says that it's all about having a good succession plan in place for Tampa, and that's why he timed it now. But who knows?
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think your theory is probably more
0: likely. That, that's what I'm thinking, bud. I mean, you're not gonna tell like Tom Bruce, what to do.
1: Bruce may have not even known. Maybe he. I, I don't think he did. Too. I think Bruce he was, was excited for to know. it, and then did, yeah, all of a sudden I, I, they, they come to him and they're like, "Hey, we're not gonna fire you, but we yeah. need you to go ahead and yeah. retire." <laughs> yeah,
0: to the front. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna boot you to, down the to the front office. office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But you're not gonna be the coach anymore. We're gonna make it look good, you know. But but yeah. you're gonna be an executive now, and, and you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's old. That's that's good. You so, you know.
0: It really is the Tampa Bay bunk the Tampa Bay Buccaneers it's, it's taken on his identity yeah and um speaking of of coaching news um as as we've been reporting on the uh, the Brian Flores situation um th- there had been some momentum about maybe Hugh Jackson joining the uh the suit before but he didn't actually join but two <coughs> coaches have former uh, defensive coordinator Ray Horton uh of the Titans and um uh, Steve Wilkes the former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals before Cliff Kingsbury took <laughs> over have joined the suit and um, they have alleged um, they have added new allegations against the Cardinals Titans and Texans hmm. of these uh, with, with with Ray Horton Ray Horton's got pretty clear evidence um, his situation comes from 2016 when he was the defensive coordinator for the Titans and Mike Malarkey was the offensive coordinator, and they had just fired their head coach. And um, the Titans ownership had gone to him, and uh, Mike Malarkey, that is. And Mike Malarkey actually admitted this, the former Titans head coach, in the 2020 podcast, that before conducting all the interviews, the Titans ownership told him he was going to get the head coaching job before they interviewed even the minority candidates <coughs> And he Mm -hmm. said that that's a decision that he's regretted his whole career since then. And, you know, like, he he obviously opened up about it. So Ray Horton obviously has evidence that the NFL conducted, you know, sort of a sham interview for the Titans job. Because he was interviewed to satisfy the Rooney rule, as we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve Wilkes' situation a little bit different. He was fired after one season... With the Arizona Cardinals, a three and thirteen season, <coughs> so I mean it could have been performance based, but
1: yeah, that sounds a little understandable there. But
0: yeah, but I mean the one thing that he does have is that Steve Keim, the Cardinals GM, had a DUI arrest earlier in the uh, in the off season, so he wasn't available. He was like suspended for six weeks. So for six weeks, the head coach didn't have his GM to assist him with stuff. So mm, well, he was kind of okay. set up to fail, and then Kime gets a four-year contract extension, and Wilkes gets fired after one season. Whereas the next season, they end up yeah. hiring Cliff Kingsbury, who goes 5-10-1. And, and, they, and, and they say that Cliff Kingsbury, <clears throat> well, Wilkes has said that Kingsbury's been given a far longer leash since he's white. So, white, interesting, interesting point. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, it could be. It could be. Mm-hmm. It
0: could be. I mean, the th- but yeah, I mean, I think that they kind of hung him out to dry if he didn't have a GM for for 6 weeks. I mean, that's yeah, like Yeah, I agree. That's over uh, almost half your season right there. And and especially for, you know, Kime got himself a DUI and got himself a contract extension and Wilkes got his ass fired. And uh, you know, he's he's now the yeah. Panthers' defensive coordinator. But obviously we'll see where that goes. They've they've joined the the Flores suit. So, obviously that can Yeah, that'll be a Gain some ongoing momentum.
1: situation to uh, to monitor, see yeah. if anything comes of that. It'll be interesting to see. Absolutely. Um, we have a whole bunch of uh, signings and yeah, some we'll contracts go these. to we'll talk go about. These
0: real quick, just the. I mean, obviously, with free agency wrapping up, there's not. <coughs> we're running out of the, the the elite players outside of like Tyron Matthew, and uh, OBJ have pretty much signed. They're they're really the main ones to watch at this point. There's a, there's a few other ones out there, um, but. Mm-hmm.
1: I was going to say, I think some of these signings and the in the amounts, it, it just well, obviously it goes to show what the the contracts are going to be like for similar players, like Stephon Diggs, for example. Yeah. You know, he gets the four year, ninety six million yeah. extension. Yep. And I know Terry McLaurin is up. You know, for some is going to need Debo. some kind of contract soon. Debo, too, yeah. Debo as well. So also, I mean, uh, obviously, also, there's lots it, of players we're talking on about teams, DK but.
0: Metcalf and AJ Brown with the Titans as okay. well. Okay. Yeah, so all, the, yeah. all those young so, receivers are coming up. It'll be
1: interesting to see, like, you know, what the other contracts end yeah. up being. I mean, I imagine for players like Stephon Diggs or Terry McLaurin, it's probably, this is going to start being the norm. Yeah. 90 million or so what for his money years. was?
0: 96 million. Stephon quarters. Diggs? Yeah, yeah 96 okay. million. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he had a great season. Buffalo had a great season <coughs> in general. Yeah. I mean, but he's, he's you know, really come on with Josh Allen. So, um, you know, they, they got rid of Cole Beasley. So he's going to be targeted probably even more I, w- I would assume but mm-hmm. uh, they also um, also Bobby Wagner who left the Seahawks uh, staying in the NFC West by signing a five-year 50 million dollar deal which basically it's it's an incentivized deal uh, which basically if he hits his incentives he can become a free agent again after two seasons um, but uh, he's 31 years old which normally you'd be like oh, okay well you know he's an aging linebacker. But he just came off yeah. a career-high season where he had 170 tackles. So I mean, obviously, that you know, age 31 season, not playing a factor as he continues to play at a Pro Bowl level. So the the rich getting richer in the in the Rams. Unfortunately, yeah, Jesus, yeah. So they got Wagner, and they add him to like Allen Robinson, and um, you know all the other acquisitions that they've made over time. And they're still trying to get OBJ back. So we'll see if they can sign Odell. Um, speaking of big money deals, Xavier Howard agreeing to a five-year um, extension with the Dolphins with 50.6, uh, $50.69 million in new money, which effect- effectively makes him <coughs> the highest-paid cornerback in the NFL. Uh, so coming off a you know, really good season, he's a former second-round draft pick of the Miami Dolphins, and uh, the Dolphins continuing to have a great offseason as, as they sign him. Um, and, and you know, lock him down for the next five years. So that's, that's a good pickup for them.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And uh, the former, uh, th- this guy was on the trade block last year with the Colts. They didn't end up trading him, um, but he did became become a free agent and uh, signed with the Houston Texans. Marlon Mack, the former fourth round pick of the twenty seventeen draft with the Colts. Um, kind of rose to fame in 2018 when he ran for 900 yards and nine touchdowns and then the uh, following season he had a career high um, just under 1100 yards and eight touchdowns in 14 games Uh, it looked like he was going to be the starter for the Colts moving forward and then in 2020 first game of the season he goes out and tears his ACL and of course as, as you know That was kind of, you know, Marlon Mack goes down, and then that's when the emergence of Jonathan Taylor started, and he's been tearing it up the last two years. So Marlon Mack staying in the AFC South, going to the Houston Texans, who had one of the most god-awful running games in the NFL.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, they definitely could benefit from literally, like, any running back. They
0: had had Rex Burkhead in there. He He was the main guy most of the season.
1: I don't. So, I don't even remember that fucking name. That's how yeah, so uneventful Burkhead. it probably was. Yeah, like, jeez. Yeah. I mean, I never pay attention to the Texans or at all. That's literally, you know, it's one of those teams. <laughs> yeah. Like the AFC, I don't quite know. I don't quite pay as much as much attention. I know as the you're always you're cause... always
0: shitting on the AFC South. One are <laughs> these days when we actually get fans? These AFC South fans are gonna fucking come after us. <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't even watch AFC South football. It, like,
1: sorry, man, I don't. I don't watch Texans games. <laughs> I mean, generally when football's on, really, I only. Usually watch like two games and maybe three, because you know there's the, the the Washington game, the Niner game, and then like maybe which other one you can catch in between. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's why we have. The, I mean, hey, if the, if
1: the Texans had some good highlights to ever watch, you know, I might I might know something about they, they what's used, going they used on with to have them. But...
0: Watson <laughs> they got... Yeah, back
1: when they when he was on the team, it was a little more. Yeah, they've got... but they still had a terrible last season when last time yeah. he played, right?
0: Yeah, four and twelve. Yeah, so got Bill O'Brien fired. Um, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> the Saints. Saints haven't done much, um, you know, other than make moves to stay to get under the cap this this off season, But they did re-sign defensive back <laughs> P.J. Williams on a one-year deal. He's coming off a pretty good season, where he had 42 tackles, three picks, and two sacks in uh, 16 games. So uh, I think he was mainly the Saints' nickel back. So, third cornerback. So, obviously, you know, it's, it's a good move for them to go ahead and re-sign him. And he was one of the top players still available in free agency. As we've mentioned, um, most of the good ones, I mean, we're, we're... Free agency was, what, three weeks ago? Almost four? And, I mean, most of the... I mean, you see how quick all, all the all the good players really got sucked up pretty quick. I mean... Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it, it's a quick process once the free agency starts. Um, pretty... It's gotten down to a slow trickle now. And then here was another one of the top remaining players, Calais Campbell. He's coming back to the Ravens on a two-year, uh, $12.5 million deal. So Calais Campbell, um, despite being in his late 30s, continues to be, uh, you know, an absolute presence on the defensive line. Didn't have a great amount of sacks the last couple years, but, I mean, he's always a, a continuous force on the inside of the defensive line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we've got a retirement here for you. Speaking of the Texans, uh, Whitney Merciless, awesome name, by the way. You know, especially yeah, that for is a, that's a sweet name. <laughs> yeah, Whitney, Whitney Merciless retiring after 10 NFL seasons, former uh, Houston Texans <coughs> first round pick in 20, uh, 2012. Uh, he managed to have a pretty solid career with 58 career sacks, uh, had a career best 12 sack season in 2015. So um, he's, he's stepping away, spent his entire career except for four games last year with the Packers, with the Texans. So, you know, one of those rare guys that spends pretty much his entire career with, with one team, had a solid but not spectacular season. Um, you know, good player, hanging up the cleats. And uh, Yeah, it's always
1: cool to see those players that stay with one team. I mean, even if it's the Texans. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, the Texans, you know, they, they're – they they might be coming up. I mean, I, I don't expect I don't have great expectations for the Texans, but I expect that they'll probably win more than four games. I mean, Lovey Smith, um, you know, he's he's been a head coach two different places with Chicago and Tampa Bay, so I mean, he's he's definitely a guy that's got plenty of experience, and he uh, he says he's going he's moving forward with Davis Mills, so we'll see how it goes. See how that goes. See how it goes. I mean, Davis Mills got better as the season went on, so we can we can hope. And then the last. Transaction To report on Is uh, One of the rare Interdivision trades You don't see these Too often Because obviously You don't want to trade A player that could Potentially help A division rival Get better But the Dolphins Mm -hmm. Are trading um, You know Former starting receiver Devontae Parker So the second Devontae Second wide receiver named Devonte to be traded. Yeah, not night. Devontae Adams. Not, not Devontae but... <laughs> Adams this time. We already reported on that, but Devontae Parker and a fifth round pick um, being sent to the Patriots in exchange for a third round selection. Um, so this move is uh, coming, obviously, just a little bit of a little bit later than a week after Tyreek Hill was acquired from Kansas City. So Miami now no longer. Needs Devonte Parker. They also, as we reported on earlier, picked up uh, Trent Sherfield and River Craycroft. Um, River Craycroft. I always do. I was that. gonna say. I think it's Cray it's yeah, I always, but yeah. do, I always <laughs> do that. But yeah, they also so so they got some some additional receiver help, um, and uh, obviously they they uh, deemed that you know it was more worth it to kind of cut his salary, and um, you know clear some roster space and, and get that draft pick. So Parker's a good receiver though. Uh, he's a former first round pick from the 2015 draft. And he's got two years left on his deal, which, you know, will convert over to, to New England. So they'll, they'll have him for another two years. Um, he uh, has a a base salary of about 5.7 million in 2022 and 2023. But he's he's guaranteed no money over those final two seasons. So, obviously, if they decide to cut him before a game, which a lot of times the Patriots will acquire a guy and cut him before he ever plays in a game, Bill Belichick's notorious for that shit. But, uh, (laughs) I mean, he broke out in 2019, uh, Parker did, with a 72-catch, 1,200-yard, nine-touchdown season. Um, Obviously, since then, he hasn't been able to duplicate that success. And over the last two years, he's combined to catch 103 passes, 1,300 yards, and six scores. So, but, uh, you know, Miami's also picked up Jalen Waddle, And last year, he was getting a lot of those, those targets. So, he was kind of, you know, he was kind of the secondary option with, with that. And then, obviously, with Tyreek, dude was going to, at best, be a third receiver there. Yeah. And, um... Here. Oh, Miami also got Cedric Wilson the former Cowboys receiver I knew they got another receiver too So, and um, Patriots are going to add Parker to their receiving core which is um, obviously headlined by Kendrick Bourne former Niner uh, also Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers so um, another weapon for, for Mac, Mac Jones young McCorkle Jones getting another weapon there so I'm sure that'll help out and then
1: Bill trying to remake that great Patriots team. Yeah, I do mean, it again.
0: They, they they pretty much got back to being pretty good after just one season. So you know, it's, yeah, kudos, kudos to them, I guess. <clears throat> Bill's Bill's the master genius. What, what's Tom say about Bill in the documentary? Has he has he gotten to that yet? Has he has he shit on Bill?
1: I mean, I don't think he shit on him. I mean, there's they talk about like how. He's always very critical, you know, anytime, you know, they could be, you know, 14 and two in the season and he's still going to well, find course, some reason. Of course, of
0: course, Bill's going to be pissed. <clears throat> Bill gets no joy out of life other than like, <laughs> Bill. I, I feel like Bill wins a football game and he's happy for like a minute and then he's like,
1: ha ha ha, yay.
0: He's like, you know, dude, we should have converted more third downs, you know, to, he's like, now that I think about it, he's like, yeah, we probably could have won by, fi- by, by 20, if we would have converted, you know, more third downs, and
1: can never please him.
0: Yeah, exa- exactly.
1: <laughs> Everybody, welcome to this week's Commanders Countdown. Um, not a whole lot of news. Um, there was some very bad news.
0: Always, uh, always rough when we have to start the uh, the episodes this way. Unfortunately, um, on on Saturday, we lost uh, former Ohio State Buckeyes great and. Um, former Washington Redskins first-round first, uh, pick Dwayne Haskins in a tragic accident.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely some sad news. I mean, I know I may have been critical of him in the past in terms of his playing ability on the field, but those kinds of things really aren't worth mentioning when somebody right. dies randomly, especially something like this. Like, you know, the Adam Schefter comment that he put out, you know, whether or not the statement is accurate or not, it's really not the point. Like, you know, you don't need to say those kinds of things when something like this happens.
0: And and I have the tweet that that Schefter put up before, and then he went and he actually changed his tweet after the fact and took out the, uh, you know, the the performance-based part. But, yeah, um, actually, uh, you know, because this has been a topic on a lot of uh, Washington Fans' minds and you know just a lot of football fans' minds in general. Um, since this has happened just just on Saturday, so just a couple days ago, but um, I actually went back and, and watched the uh, the footage from his first ever win from 2019 against the Lions. Remember that game when they, when they beat the Lions 19 to 16? And he yeah, mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool. And then that's what that's like the moment where he got his phone and he was like taking the the selfies with the fans after the game. So it's pretty oh, cool yeah, to, like, yeah, get, to yeah. get to like relive that moment, like you know, probably his best like career moment ever. Um, you know, obviously a promising young career um, ended ended too short. Who knows what would have happened in Pittsburgh? Maybe he would have caught on. Uh, you know, obviously the Pittsburgh quarterback room was wide open now. With with yeah, ben and he he was still
1: so young. I mean, yeah, even if he had a bit
0: of a, a rocky 24. start in the NFL,
1: you know, I know yeah. it's, we're not trying to focus on that, but. You never know where he would have, you know, gone. There was more time to learn, and, and, you know, he went to another team that he could have like, had great success.
0: And that's what I was going to say. Some of the throws that he made in that game, like, he, he definitely showed that arm strength. I mean, in... Yeah,
1: he has a good arm. He definitely yeah. does. Yeah, I mean... Or, in, I'm in, sorry, in, I guess he did. Oh, man. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, uh,
0: yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, in, in this one season, he, he was legendary at Ohio State. 50 touchdowns to 8 interceptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was just an, un, an unreal season. And, I mean... Yeah,
1: yeah if you're, if you're gonna mention him, I would say the that would be the thing to say like Ohio State Buckeye legend you know like
0: Buckeye legend that yeah, that's absolutely. like the biggest
1: because yeah yeah that's what I would go with,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, but thoughts and prayers go to, go out to his family and um you know obviously in a in a very rough time that they're that they're going through.
1: I'm not um, sure if we mentioned what what the details were oh the, no, I don't think we did yeah he he was apparently walking down I think he it said he ran out of gas or something in a rental vehicle and he was trying to cross the, uh, the highway and um, a truck hit him. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I know it was like around 7 a.m., like a little before 7, so it probably was a little bit dark out, so I would imagine that the visibility yeah, that wasn't good. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, hopefully, yeah, um, you know, obviously I hate to see something like that. And like I said, at just 24 years old, definitely, definitely rough.
1: Yeah, definitely. And in some other news, uh, really the only other news, <laughs> um, DeAndre Carter signs a one-year contract with the Los Angeles Chargers.
0: Yeah, um, real, real shitty to lose him.
1: Yeah, upon hearing about it at first, it's it's doesn't sound ideal. But given the uh, the drafts draft prospects this year, with how many receivers there are, uh, I imagine that we're going to pick up somebody that's going to yeah, you know take probably. take that spot. That's so true. he did do a lot. He did some good for us, especially on the returns. Um, you know, but. It happens. So yeah. with the draft, I think I think that's the right. It's not going to be a detrimental move to us. We're going to get somebody.
0: Yeah, I, I would hope so. I just liked his versatility, that they would use him mm-hmm. out of the backfield. And, and, you know, he was also a threat as a receiver and also the, the the special teams aspect. Yeah. I mean, he caught a career high last year of 24 passes for 296 yards and three <laughs> touchdowns. And then he added a, a kick return touchdown. So four total touchdowns. He, he signs a That kick return
1: deal. touchdown was, was nice. It, 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 I remember yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was.
0: So the Chargers are getting a weapon, another offensive weapon, when they add him. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I expect, and, and we'll talk about what Washington might target in the draft here in just a minute. There was one other um, roster move, um, not super notable. Probably many of you won't know that he was even on the roster. But DJ Hayden, former uh, Oakland Raider first-round pick of 2013, who spent one one game, or was was active one game last year for Washington, was released. Um, yeah, I didn't know who he
1: was when yeah. he mentioned it to me. I was like, I've never even heard of that dude. Not not a huge
0: not a huge shock considering <clears throat> they've got William Jackson, Kendall Fuller, um, you know ben- Benjamin Saint Juice, and um, you know they, they might even add a another another. Corner. Oh, and and Danny Johnson. Uh, so those are like the top four corners. Uh, you know they might add another corner in the draft. We'll have to see what ends up happening there. Obviously, they've they've been linked to some corners as well, which which we'll mm-hmm. get into now, because those are really the only the only notable moves. So, yeah. So we've got the eleventh pick in the draft. So obviously, there's been a lot of speculation of, of what they could do with that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a, a receiver would be. A top choice. I don't know if it would necessarily be the first pick we go with. I, you know, you might just take the best player available, especially on the defensive side. But we definitely need somebody to pair with Terry McLaurin. So I know in one of the first few picks for sure. Probably, probably more likely the second pick. It would probably be a receiver. Um, but I could see them even going if you know if the really a really good receiver is available at eleven, they might go after that.
0: Yeah, I mean this draft does have a lot of. I mean you can get a good receiver in the second round in, in this draft. Right. Round, who's going to be available because obviously the, the the names that we have here, so assuming, and, and, and I'm with you on that, I, I assume that probably a receiver has to be addressed either with the first or second pick. I personally think that they'll draft a receiver at 11. I'm obviously don't have any inside information to that. That's just my theory. I think that that's what they could benefit the most from. You know, a defensive yeah, player saying. could help them as well. Um, and, and then mm-hmm. they could also make a move on the offensive line. But, um, you know, if, if they were to draft a receiver at 11, a couple of options that they could go with. Obviously, Chris Olave has, has been mentioned, and uh, he's out of USC. And, you know, we, we know Ron <coughs> likes him because we saw Ron talking to him at, at his pro day. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what Olave's got is he's got, he's got speed. This kid ran a 4.240. Uh, He's a, I mean, he, he's a six foot, uh, six foot, hundred and eighty seven pound guy, so not a, not a super big receiver, um, but obviously, you know, known for being very fast. Um, he would be projected to play as a, as a, mostly a slot receiver, and um, the interesting thing about that is if they bring him in, he was actually a teammate of Terry McLaurin's at Ohio State, so Terry's actually been mentioned as saying that he's like a little brother, you know, to him. Mm. So. That, so that, that could work kinda,
1: out with a good, a good team there, the two of them.
0: You've seen that kind of, you know, the, the college and, and pro chemistry work with, like, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and also, like, mm-hmm. Tua and, and Jalen Waddell. So, obviously, you know, it can pay dividends, the, the chemistry that they have, you know, carrying from the college to the pro game. So Olave's been mentioned as, as one option. Then, obviously, we've got Drake London, who Olave's the speed guy. Drake London is obviously the, the the size guy. He's a big <clears throat> possession receiver, which, you know, he could play outside or in the slot. Um, so he doesn't have as much speed. So that's that's his knock, or, you know, the ability to get separation. Um, right. But he, like I said, you know, he's, he's going to be good at coming down with those 50-50 balls, um, you know, the, those jump ball situations. You know, he can turn a 50-50 ball situation into a 70-30 advantage for the offense. And, you know, he can just dominate the catch point because um, he's got fucking huge arms and so what he lacks in speed he makes up for in other ways so he's he's been another guy that they've mentioned um.
1: yeah it just depends what the team is looking to do if they want to keep adding speed like to match with Terry or they want to get somebody that can you know take down the contested catches more like that I think they would be better off going with more all around speed just to have that a similar weapon as Terry you know in another area yeah. on the field so they can't just lock down Terry but It'll be interesting to see because they're definitely going to take a receiver at some point. So it'll be interesting to see who they, who they take first, whether it be at 11 or be in the second round or whatever their next pick is.
0: They they could also take Garrett Wilson. Who's also from Ohio state, Ohio state had a bunch of really good receivers. Now, uh, Garrett Wilson also very fast, not quite as fast as Olave, but, um, he's not as good of a route runner. So he's, uh, seen as needing a little bit more polish, um, to be, uh, you know, a, a pure NFL receiver, but obviously he's, he's got that speed and, and speed something that you can't teach. So he, he would be another yeah. option that, um, that they, that they could talk about potentially if they were to take a receiver at 11, a lot of these guys would probably be gone by the second round, but obviously, like mm-hmm. we said, this, this receiver class is super deep. So there, there's going to be receivers all throughout, probably the first three or four rounds that you can get a pretty good player. Right. And, you know, they could, they could go a different route. Maybe they don't. They could, go,
1: quor- they could go quarterback, they could which go quarterback. obviously is always an option. But I just, yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't see it happening necessarily. Yeah, I, think, I, mean, I think they're going to go with Carson Wentz this season. Yeah, um,
0: and, it, unless and, we, and they we got really
1: Taylor as a backup. Like, we just don't, it doesn't seem like the good a good draft to make that move.
0: You would think if they really trust Wentz, like Ron's saying that they do, then they probably won't. Um, right. I mean, there, there are going to probably be some quarterbacks there. Obviously, we'll mention real briefly, there's Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett, I'll go on record to say I think Kenny Pickett's the best and and most NFL-ready quarterback in the draft. Now, I don't know that he'll necessarily be the first taken, but I think that if you had to play a quarterback opening day, I think Kenny Pickett's the most ready. He's a five-year starter at Pitt, so, I mean, he's got a lot of playing time. I mean, he's a good pocket passer with with pretty good mobility. Um, He's got a solid arm. I think that personally, he's going to be gone at 11. I think he's going to go number six to the Panthers. Um, I think the Panthers are going to look to replace Sam Darnold, and and you know hmm. I think I think Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy there, but he could be a guy that they're interested in. Um, and then also, Malik, Malik Willis. Malik Willis, yeah, he'd he'd be the other one that I could see them being interested in, and he's got you know that rare combination of uh, rushing and uh, you know rocket arm ability. So he, he can do a lot of good things for you. Yeah, um, he needs
1: to be polished a little bit more. I wouldn't say he's quite as ready he's, to start. He's not, as... he's
0: not ready. Yeah, he'd probably no. have to sit. And that's where, yeah. you know, maybe, like you said, if, if you have Wentz in there, if, and, and maybe if you don't completely trust. Like I said, I, I don't think that's a move you make unless you're not completely sold on Wentz. I think if Ron really yeah. thinks that Carson's going to be the, the franchise quarterback, then I, I don't think they're taking a quarterback. I mean, maybe you take a guy in the third or fourth or fifth round is like a developmental guy. But right. I mean, I, I don't, don't even know.
1: necessarily think that he thinks Carson's going to be the franchise quarterback, but even if he thinks he's at least solid for the next year, yeah. you know, in order, in order to draft a quarterback first like that, they have to make sure or to try and trade up whatever. It has to be a player that you really, really think you want, like for whatever right. reason it is. And none of the quarterbacks in this draft seem to have that, you know, X factor where it's like, you know, right. oh well, we definitely need this guy. So, yeah. Because of that, I don't think quarterbacks are going to go to team only go to teams that are really desperate. And right. Washington isn't now that we have Carson Wentz. So yeah,
0: and and I would agree with that. I mean, even like I said, even even Kenny Pickett being the most <clears throat> polished of the quarterbacks, he's not like a gotta have situation. And not, like last right. year, Trevor Lawrence was the clear, defined number one pick. You know, it's like obviously everybody knew going in that Jacksonville was going to take him. Yeah, and um, obviously they could go. Offensive line as well. And there's a big, big-ass Kenyon Green, the offensive guard out of Texas A&M. Um, obviously, we know uh, Andrew Norwell is going to fill one of the two guard spots uh, because they lost uh, Sheriff and um, Flowers. Yeah. So with with the loss of those two, you, you needed two new guards. You got Andrew Norwell, and um, you need to replace one more. So maybe you go offensive guard. um, Yes,
1: that is that is true. That could be the only uh, the other position I see them going early, and probably probably not you know first round. That seems unlikely, but you know the following following picks.
0: Well, Kenyon Green was the best uh, ranked interior lineman in the in the SEC, Um, you know, which is where Alabama plays, and you know, like all those all the you know all those insanely LSU plays, all those insanely good teams play that send ten to fifteen players a year to the NFL, so. He's, a, okay. I mean, he's he's a 325 pound mauler, um, but he also, what makes him interesting is he's made starts at every single offensive line position except center last year, so he started four different positions, um, so that's got to catch attention, you know, is for for his versatility alone. Um, so maybe maybe Washington looks at Kenyon Green out of Texas A and M there.
1: Yeah, I guess that's that really could be just as likely as a receiver. Because I mean, you got to protect. You got to protect Carson. Yeah. You can't protect the quarterback. It doesn't really matter what receivers you have. So I mean, it, they could they could do that first, even over a receiver, if he's really that good. If the you know he's the best player that's available, and they do need you know offensive line, I could definitely see that.
0: Yeah. Now, one other position that we'll mention that uh, you know actually actually a couple more. Just so there's also the possibility that they try to go best player available, and if he's available, you'd have to take a look at Kyle Hamilton. The safety out of Notre Dame, obviously the best safety in this year's draft. Now, Washington's got Bobby McCain. So Cam Curl, in, yeah, so they've, they've got good safeties already, but obviously in losing Landon Collins, you could add additional depth. And Kyle Hamilton might be too good of a player to pass up, especially for Ron with his defensive pedigree. Now, he's he might be the best player in this in this whole draft. He's, he's regarded in, in some draft classes as, as the top overall player. I don't think he's going to go first overall because Jacksonville has more need at edge rusher. I think they're going to take Aiden Hutchinson first overall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, um, you know, he might be one of the best, you know, at least one of the top three best players in this draft. I mean, he, he's got good size. He's 6'4", 220. Um, so he can he can not only cover, but he can also play, <coughs> you know, uh, play run defense and, and, you know, play along the, the line of scrimmage and really just clean clean the running back's clock if they need him to do that. Um, I mean, this guy basically allowed one touchdown his entire college career in coverage, um, and he has the third Damn. highest cover grade of any uh, of the Power Five safeties. So, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they look at adding another safety to the defense. That could be another another move. I see. I think he's
1: pro- he'd probably go before 11 if he's that really that good of a player. Somebody in the top 10 is probably going to take him.
0: Could be, could be. I mean, unless teams get really, like, quarterback hungry and, like, a lot of teams trade in to get their, their quarterbacks, which I could see. I could see Atlanta maybe trying to move in and get a quarterback a little bit sooner if, if they need to do that. Um, and then the last last one I'll mention just uh, quickly, they, they could also go, uh, I mean, this one's cooled down a little bit because there, there's talk that Cole Holcomb's just going to, you know, remain at middle linebacker so they might not go linebacker this early. But there's also Devin Boyd, <coughs> linebacker out of Utah, um, who's uh, you know, a very high highly rated player out of the uh, Power 5, um, second highest uh, graded linebacker. And he's got really good sideline-to-sideline side speed. And um, he had 110 tackles, which led the Utah defense in 2021. And um, obviously he, he can be a good... Uh, Good pass rushing linebacker as well, because he led uh, he led the Pac-12 and li- uh, he led the pack 12 with tw- with eight sacks as a linebacker. Sorry, anyway.
1: Damn, that's a lot for a linebacker.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he had a really good season, as far as that goes. Um, so they they could potentially move him. I mean, he played inside mostly in college, but as, as we mentioned, with uh, them wanting to play Cole Holcomb in the middle or as the Mike what they call it, um, they, they could potentially move him outside if they, if they were to draft him um, because he's, he's proven that he's got the versatility to play inside or outside. So that, that could be another way. And then they've also been in a recent mock draft that I saw linked to cornerback Derek Stingley out of, US, out of LSU. Uh, Stingley is a um, man coverage specialist. 56% of his uh, snaps came out of press coverage. So uh, and, and he allowed a, a completion percentage of 41% in college. Uh, he was injured. Uh, that kept him um, from participating in combine drills. But he was healthy for his pro day, and he put together a pretty impressive pro day. Um, and, and he probably wouldn't start in Washington since they have Kendall Fuller and William Jackson III. But he could definitely add depth along with like, St. Just and come in on... Potential, like, known passing downs and provide man coverage. So that that's also been a player that they've been linked to as well. So really a lot of positions mentioned in there. Everything from wide receiver to offensive guard to quarterback to, you know, linebacker, safety, cornerback. So Yeah, it's
1: like d- draft speculation is kind of like, mm, it's one of those things. It's like, well, yeah, it could really be any number of things.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, personally, I, I would have to say I see them taking either – Kenyon Green or Olave at that position that's who I have them taking
1: I would, I would agree I yeah. would say the same yeah either the offensive guard or yeah the the receiver for sure it's going yeah. it's probably gonna be one of those two if they're assuming that either of those are still available at 11
0: right right and obviously you've got to base that off of you know where the other 10 team what the other 10 <coughs> teams do in front of you and you know you may yeah. have a guy in mind and Maybe that yeah, changes. that's why
1: like the speculation thing yeah. is just kind of like, man, you don't you have no idea how it's going to play out. You know, they might have this player in mind, and someone takes them the next the pick before them.
0: And, and that's and why teams you, teams will usually put like you know, they they have a lot of teams on their board, at least you know five <laughs> to ten teams or five to ten players on their board in case in yeah. case that happens. So yeah. definitely, but I mean, let us know who you think that the that the commanders might take in the comments. Um, I mean, who maybe who you want to see them take because we'd be we'd be interested to know your thoughts as well
1: Yep, and we will find out in the coming weeks and see how it goes get more and more excited for the uh the next season and then absolutely. hopefully not get let down this time <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely we're, we're but, um, that. yeah
1: that's that's about everything we got for you this week um um see what if there's any news over this next week if not we do have the draft coming up and we'll definitely be covering that yep, so.
0: drafts about two weeks away now folks so we're getting close
1: and remember to like and subscribe See you next time.
0: All right. Thanks for joining us this week on the Niners News Update, Faithful.
1: What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us. Have some big news about a longtime Niner.
0: We do. We do. Uh, all time uh, leading Niners rusher and third all time leading rusher, Frank Gore, has uh, finally announced his retirement. So, um, you know, we definitely wanna take a few moments to congratulate Frank Gore. Um, obviously one of the best to one of the best to ever do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he had an outstanding career. Um I mean, obviously like we said, third all time, sixteen thousand yards even. Finished, you know, right right uh, right on sixteen thousand. Really? Yards. It's it's yeah. really even sixteen thousand yards. Yeah, si- yeah sixteen thousand right on the dot. That's badass. I, I, I guess he didn't want to fuck with that. He's like, uh, you know,
1: <clears throat> that would that would help me like i don't have ocd yeah. but like i guess everyone has some mild form yeah, yeah i like a nice even numbers like that would make me so happy if i was saying yeah. to be like oh my god an even sixteen thousand. like i'm not fucked that i'm retiring
0: <laughs> yeah I- exactly so frank gore um he has elected to sign a one day contract with the team that drafted him <clears> the <throat> san francisco 49ers best team in the nfl you know obviously a little bit biased there but uh <laughs> um, so he, uh, he is signing, um, and retiring a Niner. Unfortunately, it wasn't in an active capacity, which, um, you know, would have liked to have seen him play in, yeah. but, um, you know, I was kind of hoping that he would have come back last year late on, on a, on our run to the Super Bowl <coughs> and at least gotten to play in a few of those games. But, um, you know, unfortunately no such luck, but, um, you know, nevertheless, still an outstanding career. Um, it was, uh. Frank Gore has uh, been quoted as saying that they're still try- We're still trying to figure out when I'm going uh, through my one-day contract to sign uh, to do my retirement. I told Jed York I always want to be a Niner, so we're working on that right now. Um, so Gore hasn't played since the 2020 season, when he was with the uh, New York Jets, and he uh, tallied six or 742 total yards and two touchdowns. Um, so you know, still at that you know, B age. I'm trying to think, like how old was he when he played? I with think the he's Jets, like it was Thirty-seven when he was 30? playing with the Jets, yeah. So at age thirty-seven, still picking up over over seven hundred yards, and uh, scoring a couple touchdowns, albeit on the uh, on the awful Jets, which <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost makes it more impressive because I was going to say, yeah, that kind of makes
1: it even more impressive yeah, that he still did that yeah, well. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, the Jets were his fifth team. Um, he was drafted by the Niners in the third round, dra- third round of the 2005 draft. Uh, and spent. That was the, the Alex
1: Smith draft, wasn't it?
0: Yep. We got Alex in the first round and then <clears throat> him in the third. So, that was, that was a hell of a draft for us. Uh, so, yeah. Frank spent the first 10 years of his career in San Francisco, rushing for at least 1,000 yards in eight of those, th- eight of those 10 seasons. So, pretty much all but two of them. Uh, being named to five Damn. Pro Bowls. And then uh, he's 38 years old now, but he's also played with the Colts, the Miami <coughs> Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the New York Jets. So, obviously, a hell of a career for Mr. Frank Gore. Obviously, you know, th- there's a lot of debate on whether Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer. I think, hell yes, Frank Gore is definitely a Hall of Famer. I, I, would say I think so. that there's no doubt about it. I mean,. You look at there's two guys in front of him. It's Emmett Smith and Walter Payton. Both of those guys are, are absolutely Hall of Famers. So yeah,
1: I don't know why that would even be a question. I yeah, mean, if you, I mean, yeah, that's insane.
0: The only argument that some people have is that sometimes, like it took like with the amount of time that like he played for, and you know, like a lot of those. That's that's were,
1: also kind of impressive though that he yeah, played that yeah, long. Exactly, and, yeah, so. and and
0: I think what makes Frank Gore a Hall of Famer. I mean, not not alone, but I don't know if you knew this, but coming out of Miami University in college. I actually saw this national championship game that he was playing in. He tore both of his ACLs, and that's why he fell. To, he was a first-round pick, but that's why he fell to the third round, and we got, we were able to get him because we took Alex oh, wow. Smith in the first round. And he wasn't – people didn't even know if he would ever suit up and actually play football. And obviously – And he, he had the he career did, he did. He did, so. he did more than just play football. he yeah. he, he, be, he had a Hall of Fame career. So I'm definitely absolutely.
1: happy to see him do this, this, you know, one day contract thing yeah. to retire as a Niner. That's, that's always absolutely, you know, that's cool, badass. cool to see that he has, you know, he's still, he's always a Niner. That's where he started yeah. out, even though he yeah. did eventually move on. You can tell he's always felt, you know, truly like he's a Niner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He, he has. Yeah. And even last year when he was like, I want to come back to the Niners, you know, that's where he's always felt at home. So, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, I love Frank Gore, man. He's one of my all time favorites. And uh, yeah, he's bad. What's. What's next for Frank the Tank? What's next for the inconvenient truth? <laughs> um, you know, so I mean, he he's made some announcements. Obviously, uh, he's he's set to make his uh, professional boxing debut on May 14th in Jackson, Mississippi, on a Game Bread Promotions card.
1: Wait, wait! Um, didn't didn't this already happen? Why why no, do I feel like
0: it did happen? In in a yeah. point. So so we're we're getting to that. Um, so yeah, the, and didn't he so this, get
1: his ass to, like beat pretty bad, or or no, might thinking of a different fight?
0: It wasn't. He lost on split. Well, well, yeah. So anyway, what ended up happening was he fought in a previous fight to NBA player Daron Williams in an exhibition fight, <coughs> and he lost in in a split decision. But yeah, it didn't look very good. He didn't okay. he didn't account very well. Right. But so this I, is going do, to be. I do remember this then. Yeah, so he is going to have another fight. Now this fight is going to take place. On May Fourteenth, which ironically is uh, Frank Gore's 39th birthday, so hopefully, wow. hopefully Frank can can kick some ass for his birthday. His opponent hopefully. has yet to be announced, um, but it, but it is <clears throat> going to be streamed on Fight TV or F I T E. So tune in and watch it, everybody, if you get the chance to watch uh, Frank. Hopefully, go and you know account well hopefully for himself. Even, do better. Even if he doesn't time. win, even if he doesn't win, at least you know like ha- have a good accounting for yourself, Frank. Go out there and. And look good. And, um, you know, he's also been reported There's there's been mutual interest between him and Jed York of him potentially joining the Niners front office in a potential scouting role. So obviously big things happening for Frank. So congratulations. You deserve it, Frank. Enjoy retirement, buddy. Or, or boxing doesn't really yeah, sound like he's boxing. really... He's, he's just retiring. Yeah, you you would
1: football. think after being a running back in the NFL for that long, maybe
0: give your I mean, body a little break, but... <clears throat> nah. nah, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm good, man. I'm good. Frank Gore seems like just one of those guys that's like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, he just right. seems like one of those kinds of guys, and I was like, all right. That's why he ran for... Like, what? what's 16,000? That's like a mile, isn't it? Or like... That's a couple a miles. A mile is
1: 5,000 feet, so yeah, it'd be about a mile. He's...
0: he's He's, he's, he's run he's run for some miles in the NFL.
1: Be, yeah, it's like almost it's almost a mile basically because it's three feet to a yard. Out so. a
0: boy, out boy. Good for you, good for you, Frank. And uh, other other notable Niners news. This guy this guy is back in the news for our, our former first round draft pick, Ruben Foster. You might recognize that name because he because he had a brief cup of coffee on on the Redskins at one point. He was signed, but a uh, former. Linebacker mm-hmm. Ruben Foster, who um, can't get out of his own way, has either been, you know, arrested and suspended <laughs> or, or injured uh, since 2018 and hasn't played a snap since 2018. But he's got a visit this week with the uh, with the Dolphins. He visited the Dolphins on Friday. He's yet to be signed, but definitely the first step in him making a comeback. Um, so we'll have to see if he can catch on. Obviously, I remember when Jay Gruden brought him into Washington and he got, like, injured right away in the first practice and just really didn't do anything. But, I mean, he was a guy yeah. that threw his first two <clears throat> seasons, played in 16 games, and showed some promise. But, obviously, his off-the-field issues, which he later got acquitted of, you know, acquitted or, you know, maybe he paid somebody off. Who knows? We're not to say. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he got those charges dismissed and seemed like he was going to make a comeback, and uh, yeah, didn't happen. So, interestingly enough, obviously the Dolphins are coached by Mike McDaniel, who's the former Niners assistant. So, Mike McDaniel giving former Niner player an opportunity there. That's that's probably
1: part of it, I would imagine, maybe. yeah.
0: He no, knows him
1: personally, and maybe, maybe he's doing old, better in life he, now. He, and he's, is, he's, giving
0: him, he's giving him He's him the old... I'm going to call <clears> it <throat> what we call the, T, the Tebow treatment. Just bringing him in, just brushing elbows with him. <laughs> it's like bringing, bringing in an old friend. And uh, speaking of old Niners potentially trying to get their way back into the NFL, we wouldn't be doing our, our due diligence if we didn't mention this man potentially trying to make his return to the NFL. It was a week from uh, Saturday that he threw at the University, University of Michigan's spring game Colin Kaepernick uh, was um, throwing in front of NFL scouts uh, obviously this is his <coughs> second designated workout now that he's thrown in front of NFL scouts and um, obviously the notable correlation here is that Michigan is coached by his former head coach at in San Francisco, Jim Harbaugh so obviously Harbaugh Extending the invitation to come. I don't know if you saw the picture. We'll put it up on the screen of Harbaugh and Kaepernick holding the uh, the Michigan jersey. Did you see that? Obviously, Kaepernick. Uh, I'm not sure Kaepernick if I did, never, yeah, Kaepernick. We'll, we'll put it on the screen.
1: I Ka- saw. I saw the footage of him throwing. I remember. Yeah. That, I saw the video, yeah. but I don't know yeah. if I saw the. So
0: He looks pretty good through to some Michigan yeah. receivers. He looks he pretty good. Um, when uh, when uh, yeah, so we, so he we threw for about 15 minutes, and um, the workout was conducted when he threw uh, Winnie Uncork to deep pass and um, then embraced Harbaugh. And then after the uh, workout, he made his case to um, NFL ready or NFL quarterback needy teams and said that, uh, and I quote, I can help make you a better team. I can help you win games. Kaepernick told Jenna Troutman when asked what his message to prospective clubs was. I know right now the situation likely won't allow me to come in. Uh, step right into a starting role I know I'll be able to work my way into that though and show that very quickly so definitely a little bit of a change of mentality where he was like <coughs> I'm only going to accept a starting role um, now yeah. he's he's understanding that <clears throat> hey I haven't played football in six years maybe I wouldn't come in as an immediate starter if somebody brought me in which, which is if good. he's going to come in I, for him I, to realize I, that yeah I mean and, and I think that's Fair. I don't think that after six years you can expect to give this guy the the keys to the kingdom. Now, if he earns it, absolutely, and he can right. be a starting quarterback, I, I believe that hundred percent. Can he still? I don't know. But you know that remains yeah, that, to r- be seen, that remains to be seen. Yeah, that exactly. Seen. <laughs> but I mean, I I personally saw the extravaganza that Colin Kaepernick. You know, he he set the league on on fire, and I mean, obviously, he hasn't played since the twenty sixteen season when he started to uh, protest the social injustice and police brutality by kneeling during the anthem. And uh, he's been unsigned since. Um, And uh, let's see here.
1: Yeah, him kneeling really, really pissed off a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people, you know, there's people that liked it and people that didn't, but... It seemed just a little too conscious. Like, why was why it so controversial? Like, Jesus, man. Yeah. People got so worked up about it. Yeah, so.
0: I, I really didn't ever see what the big deal about. I mean, I.
1: Yeah. I like, guess they could,
0: teams will say that it was, it's a distraction, but not really. I mean, I, I don't think. Yeah. What, what I saw. Just, it's a
1: small thing. Like, and, and, like, a lot of it was misunderstood because people were like, oh, it's disrespecting the military. It's like, yeah. well, dude, it has nothing to do with that. Like, yeah. But it just it got so blown up, and the fact that he can't play. Uh, you know, or, you know, no team wants to allow him to even try to play because of that is definitely not fair. So
0: yeah. yeah hopefully, no, I, hopefully I,
1: I he agree, gets a I shot agree. somewhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it would be interesting. I'd like to at least, like I said, I mean, every team has a 90 man off season roster and you know, like you can sign these guys, be, like he, he hasn't played in six years. You can sign him to the most minimal contract. You could give him like $950,000, to bring him in as a camp arm and at least see what he's got. I just don't think a lot of the teams want the connotation of being the first. A lot of teams yeah. don't want to be the first for the wrong reasons, If it's depending on what it's the first to do. I think a team's real concerned about being the first to bring him in. You know, A lot of teams, I think, are interested in it, but I just don't think they know how to approach it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's also it's somewhat hypocritical for the way he was treated by the NFL <clears throat> and then... The teams that may be interested, they might be nervous because they're like, well, you know, it's not just up to them. They are part of the NFL and they have to deal yeah. with the commissioner and all of that. So, well, the, the NFL probably kinda, nervous, and,
0: and and you know, they they've they've apologized to him openly and said that they they were wrong. But obviously, that's a uh,
1: right. I know far, they've said that, but far too little. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Whether,
0: whether you actually, you know, it's go, one of those things. Like
1: how like genuine that. was that? It's like you know, they're doing they're doing that because they had to really. But it does does he does he have a job at this point? No, maybe he's just really not that great, but the videos I have seen of him throwing, <clears throat> he looks like he could at least yeah. be a backup, you know, at yeah, the very yeah.
0: least. I mean, we'll just, you know, just in, in closing here. So, I mean, he's he's 34 now, but he hasn't taken, you know, football punishment in six years. So, obviously, mm-hmm. that's been, and he's kept himself in good shape, as we've discussed. Um, in his NFL career, he completed just a hair under 60% of his, compl- 60% of his passes, um, threw 72, 72 touchdowns to 30 interceptions. And um, let's see. And then when he was asked in the same interview if he could still compete at an NFL level, uh, Kaepernick was, you know, he, he was very positive that he could. He said, absolutely. We we can still get out there and sling it. Really getting out here today for the exhibition was to be able to show that I could do that. It's one of the questions that my agent kept getting was well it's been five years can can he still play so we wanted to make sure that we come out and show everyone i could still play still throw it and really looking forward for an opportunity for the door to open to just have it be a pathway uh, to be able to get back in there and get a starting job and lead them to a championship so he's he's definitely you know on on this championship thing
1: yeah, you got some lofty goals there, buddy, but he I, mean, does, I, appreciate, he does. I, I appreciate I appreciate yeah. the, the, the drive, yeah.
0: though. But yeah. That's what he says is the main goal for wanting <laughs> to get back to the NFL is because he, he wants to win the Super Bowl. And, I mean, he got really close. I mean, he was within, you know, one overthrow in the end zone on a fade. That's probably
1: why he, he's so, yeah. like, yeah. he's probably a, like, oh, yeah, I need, to, I need I redemption, mean,
0: yeah. man. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, but we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see whether it happens. Um, I mean, yeah. I think that he's going to have to work his way back as a backup if a team did give him a chance, but it sounds like he's ready to do that now, so we'll see if he gets that opportunity. And then um, just in uh, other less pressing news, just a couple of roster uh, moves. The uh, Niners hosted a former Colt edge rusher, uh, Kamiko uh who um, could add potential defensive line depth. He um, he was hosted earlier this week, but left without a contract. So um, remains to see if he ends up getting signed. Um, the Niners did end up make making a couple of signings though this week. Uh, we brought in a couple of new wide receivers. I don't know if you heard about this, but we brought in two wide receivers this week, and uh, we re-signed another defensive lineman. We re-signed Maurice Hurst, who we got from the uh, from the Raiders. Um, you know, last last season. So he was re-signed. He he was hurt for a big portion of last year, but bringing him back in. And um, also, the two receivers we brought in are Malik Turner and Marcus Johnson. Um, Where are they from? So Malik Turner recently uh, played with the Dallas Cowboys. Last year, he played in 14 games and caught 12 passes for 149 yards and a career-high three touchdowns. So, three touchdowns on on twelve catches. You know that's pretty good pr- production. You know these catching touchdowns yeah. on twenty five percent of his twenty five percent of his uh, his targets there.
1: Or, didn't or get utilized a whole lot, but I mean no, that no. might be because they didn't have a need for him. So,
0: yeah, I mean obviously as you know the Cowboys had uh, Michael Gallup Amari Cooper and um, C C D Lamb and uh, C- Cedric Wilson. So he was like at best their fourth receiver. So. I'm not surprised he wasn't getting a lot of looks. I know a lot of that work that he got was in the 56-point blowout against, uh, unfortunately, you guys, was when he got a lot of that work. But, yeah, moving yeah. on from that shit. But uh, the other one was, so so he's a, he's a big guy. So he's more of like a, both of these guys are over six feet. So pretty, pretty good-sized receivers. Um, now, Marcus Johnson, he's more of a speed guy. He ran a 4.340. Back in 2016 at the Combine. And he comes over from... Um, i trying to remember what team he was with last. It was... Um, I want to say it was the... Was it the Titans? Yeah, it was the Titans. I, I thought it was the Titans. I should have just gone with my first, first thought. But yeah, last year he played in seven games with the Titans. And he caught nine passes... For 160 yards, good for a 17.8 yard uh, yard per catch average. So, definitely a good. Uh, and then the year before that, he caught 14 passes, um, good for for 255 yards, good for an 18.2 yard uh, per catch average with the Colts. So, what that tells me yeah, is dude. he's a deep threat. Um, yeah, you know, and he's probably. Say, probably a move that's brought in with the expectation of Trey being the starter and us probably going to be throwing the ball down the field further. So um, he's also notable for being a kick return guy as uh, last year he had, um, what was it? It was uh, 30, um, I, don't, I don't know where I was getting that. No, he had, he had nine kick returns for 179 yards last year. With, uh, with Tennessee, so a guy that has some versatility, that could also play special teams as a returner although we brought in Ray Ray McLeod so I don't think that he'll be um, the return guy, I think Ray Ray is going to be handling our kicking kickoff and punting uh, return duties, but a couple of moves to uh, bolster the depth chart and obviously, you know as we discussed, I think it was last week, we lost Richie James, so yeah. One of those guys probably going to help fill fill that role, and um, you know, we we could still draft a receiver. That's something that's that's been talked about as well. Um, you know, we we have the sixty-first pick in the draft. It's being talked. It's a, it, I, I think at this point, the foregone conclusion is the Niners are either going to take a corner, a receiver, or potentially an edge rusher. Um, obviously picking at 61 a lot of the elite players are going to be gone at that point Um, but you know we'll uh, we're still two weeks from the draft Uh, obviously we covered some of the players that the commanders might target but next week on the Niners news update we'll cover some of the potential players that the Niners might target at 61 but that does it for all the Niner related news this week like and subscribe if you're not already and join us next week
1: Join us next week. Thanks, everyone.
0: And that's going to do it this week for the Extra Point Show. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, If you're not already, make sure that you like and subscribe and follow us on all of the social media platforms. And check out our other video clips, like the Niners News Update.
1: And the Commander's Countdown.
0: That's right. See you next week, everybody.